Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I'm going to talk about character development. Now, anything that I say does not mean that I am an expert at character development. I am beyond a writing expert. I'm always a work in progress, and I'm the first to admit it. But there is something that I can say about a strength in my writing, and I do think we always need to know our strengths and our weaknesses and be able to call them out. One of those is the way that I build and craft the character. So I want to give you some some tips about that today. And these are some of the things that I do when I sit in front of a blank page. One, I pray about my characters. I pray about their names, who they are, what they're about, what their motivations are, what makes them unique and special. I also think about their cultural identities. Now, I write diverse books. Many of my books have diverse characters in them, diverse relationships in them, and it's because my family is extremely diverse. And I want to create MCs or main characters that mirror who my children are, who my grandchildren will be, who my cousins and nieces and nephews are. And so by doing that, I'm honoring my family. And so I think of the honoring behind the characters along with cultural identity. And that's one of the things that I take very seriously along with the name. Okay, and so I also think about the style of the character. Like, who is she? Or who is he? And, and what makes them and shapes them and, and what really drives them to their thoughts and their actions and, and are they as jaded as they appear or are they soft and really uh, like fuzzy bedroom slippers that, and they just feel good when you are walking around with them. Like there's so much that I take into consideration when I'm writing about characters, and, and even the reader, they might not notice it because I try to do it in a seamless way where you actually think that this could be someone you can meet on the street. So it's like my book in VR, my book in real life, my book in a movie. And so I build characters around the way that they would play out in movies, their actions, what their next steps are going to be, and is it believable? Could this really play out in real life? Could this really sound like a real conversation between people? Would she have these kind of thoughts? And so that's really me asking my character questions about who they are and letting them just have space to speak. And so I always start pretty much with names. Um, if you got my newsletter today, then you heard about the story about the name of Mary and how that all came about. It was absolutely amazing. Confirmation again. And I'm talking about my newest whip that I'm doing. I'm in chapter 7 again. I moved back. I'm, I'm going back in and looping. I decided not to start 8, but to go back into 7 and do a section break um, and continue with that and make that chapter a little longer. Or I might. I don't know. I'm, I'm still I'm still sitting here looking at the page break. So I'm actually uh, stopped a minute to get back onto the podcast to talk to you guys today. But I'll make my decision when I get off. But anyway, um, 
If you haven't signed up for my newsletter, email me, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com, and say, I want to subscribe, and I can send you the link to my newsletter blast. Um, that way you can get the sneak peek. I did a sneak peek today of chapter one. If you want all of my chapters, you got to go over to Patreon and join my Patreon community, and I'm going to be giving three chapters a week. Um, and then my Patreon community has my whole unedited raw version of the mess that I'm in right now <laughs> with my characters. But I want to tell you that it starts with an image with me. It starts with a name, then it starts with the images. Or I find images that work, and then I pull a name. But usually it's the name. Um, and Mary, did you know, is where all of this started. So get on that newsletter. You'll hear that story, too. And then the images matter. I always look at images between the first couple of chapters because I want to make sure that I've got the feel of my girl right and that she can, vi you know, visually match what's on my cover. I don't want to make the mistake like... I wrote Sweet Potato Jones, and then my publishing company sends me the cover and says, okay, now you've got to do all of this reworking of skin tone glasses, um, fix her up the way that you've got her looking on the cover. So I had to kind of go in and do some, some changes near the end. I don't want that. I want to really pick my character's face early on and, and hone in on that. And I can't tell you how many times I've went back and looked at my cover just to give me that inspiration to keep going. Because once I have this cover looking at me, it makes it real, y'all. Like, motivation, fire, real. Like, oof. Like, I gotta go. I got this book cover done. I'm going. <laughs> um, and so the images really matter to me about what she looks like. So I'm picturing this girl in my head. So then I message my aunt. Now, my aunt is somebody that I talk characters with. My mom used to be the one. She knew everything about Sweet Potato. That's why I love that Sweet Potato is coming out. My mom actually read that book. Um, and we would talk characters, characters, characters. Uh, now I do the same thing with my aunt. So my aunt and my cousin, they called me on Monday after I sent them the image of the girl. And we talked through, um, you know, kind of like the age. What do we think? Well, if she's this age, this could happen. Well, if she's this age, she would be more prone to be this kind of star. And she's having these dilemmas. So I already knew, of course, that every character has to have a problem, right? So I needed my character to actually be 21 in this one because that was the problem. The problem was her turning 21 and what that meant for her career and how her career was going. And so I'm building that up now in Chapter 7. Yet it's taken me a while to get there. Um, but I've been building it. Building like um, kind of her breakdown. The time where she just kind of snaps. So I'm midway through the novel and I figured, hey, why not she snap right midway in between. I'm on page 62 right now. Um, I'm 20,000 words in. I'm feeling really good about the book. But I absolutely love this character. I love her. Um, I'm wearing stitched pajamas today, and so is she um, right now in her uh, resort hotel room, um, which I am in the comforts of my living room, and I am in a cabin resort out in the mountains, a place that I love. So here again, it's sitting North Carolina right now. She's not from North Carolina. I've established um, different places here. Um, what am I talking about? She is from North Carolina. She's from Robinson County. One of my other characters is from California. Um, of course, she's from Robinson County. 
um, that's where I'm from. So, you know, I always given back to that community. I chose the Oxendine as the last name because that's my children's grandmother's maiden name. And so that's going to be carried on through our family bloodline forever. So Oxendine had to be recognized in this book. And I can't pull Lowry or Locklear. I've already done Locklear in a couple of books. Um, Lowry's my last name. Can't use that Lumby name because that would be weird, a character with the last name Lowry. So um, I got to pull in family member names now that are um, surnames. So... I've got that one taken care of. So, so this girl, she's edgy, but she's not. She has a temper problem, which I don't have. I don't have a temper problem. And so it's not like I can channel temper. However, I've been around hot-headed people before in my life. And um, I had to deal with a, a lot of hot-headed uh, growing up. So I'm kind of getting that snappy comebacks from her right now um and she's praying about all of that this is a christian contemporary fiction book um she's struggling with her faith she's got a lot of um guilt she's got a lot of questions so she's not in a really good place in the first few chapters um and even even though she wants to be she's had a lot of things happen to her she's pretty much having some damaging things going on with her personal things that are really clouding her judgment and making her go down some some um, unlikely paths. And a lot of it is fueled by the anger. She's having these outbursts, which is not helping her career. Oil is getting her publicity, which people can say any publicity is bad publicity. Um, and so we're having, you know, we're having little scenes like that where she's having like these little tantrums. <laughs> um, and I'm like, wait, but I've got to love her too. I can't just cloud her as this. So she's a three-dimensional character. I actually love her very much because the way she is with her crew um, is who she really is. Um, and so you get the sneak. You get to sneak into her life and you get to see her away from all the cameras and the stage. And you really see that she's battling with these two selves, this persona that she's put on and then all of the fuel, the negative energy of all of that and who she was before her fame and who she is when she's still around her private crew. Um, and so I do think that that's what people in fame would struggle with, even though I'm far from famous. Um, it just, it feels right. So her motivations and her actions feel really right. Um, and then we've got the boy next door. We've got the sweetheart guy. Yes, I make my guy character sweet. You know why? Because my boys are sweet. I got some sweet youngins, y'all. I don't want these bad boy characters always. I want my grandchildren to read these books and say, there can be stand-up Christian men who do right things and, and try to be patient and uh, can joke and kid around and be silly and love the Lord. And um, that's kind of, you know, how I built Tyler Locklear. That's how I built Jamie Locklear and both of my other books. And, and guess what? Even though he's Donald Lumbee, um, my Presley character in here, he he's a stand-up guy. So um, I really like him. And the way that they talk, I, I have to read them out loud. So this is something that you can do. I go through the dialogue actually read the dialogue pieces back and forth, back and forth. Because I was having issues with contractions, I was not using them. Instead of you are, um, should have been your, and all of these kind of great little tips that my 
editor found. <laughs> so I've went back in, and now that I know those things, I go back in and I specifically read my dialogue out loud. And I do it in different tones. I play around with the tone. Um, I find myself narrating my own books, just going through them again. So I've been looping back a lot today. Um, I haven't done that in the past. I usually just keep going, keep going. But for some reason, I keep looping into six and seven, just really um, advancing six and seven. I also want to do more thoughts of my characters and letter writing and emails and, and adding some of those different elements just to make it like real life. Um, it doesn't all have to just be dialogue. It doesn't all just have to be, you know, description. It could be an email. It can be a letter. It could be a love letter, a note, a song. Um, she's writing songs. Um, she's trying those out. Um, and I'm playing around with that kind of stuff. And I love that I read Roald Dahl. And I saw a lot of the ways that um, in that children's book it was like all designed and different fonts. And um, I love all of that. And I want to start incorporating that more in my work. And, and I think that that's what's coming through with this book. Um, it's a little bit more playful in that sense that I'm allowed to let go of what I think a book needs to be and just let it be. Um, I will say that I was not expecting it to be around the holidays. I was first talking with my sister-in-law about doing a magical Valentine, and we were going to be working book two of a magical Christmas wedding, and I was just going to carry out the next stages of Max and Jordan's relationship, and what would happen on Valentine's Day it would be a disaster. She flips again, and they miss their date. And is she going to get back to Jordan? And, and what happens there? And is Jordan going to travel to her because now they're married and all of this? So I was really going to do a magical Valentine. I was not thinking of anything holiday other than Valentine's Day. And now I'm stuck in another romance. That's a sweet romance at holiday season. It's Christmas. Maybe it's because it's, you know, Christmas week. Um, maybe the Lord just wants it to be this way. And I just got to go with it. And I wanted to fight it. I was like, what if I make it New Year's? What if I get this thing done and, and do it New Year's? But then Tides is coming out New Year's Day. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Tides Book 3 is coming out um, of my Lightbearer series. And I've already got bunches of pre-orders on that one. And I'm like, God, I, I can't do this. What am I doing? So my husband was like, just hold it. Just hold the book. I can't hold books. Has he lost his mind? I can't hold this till next Christmas no way <laughs> i'm getting this thing out whatever it is whatever happens um it can start at christmas it can end next christmas whatever we'll see but i know that i'm in chapter seven now and i love it love it and i love the character and i'm a character driven writer the character has to matter the same way when i'm watching a horror movie if i'm not invested in the horror movie's character at the beginning i'm really not concerned that she's going through a happy birthday, death day loop. I mean, I love her. That's why I love that movie so much, because I love her character. So, when I say, like, character-driven, and those are the kind of books that I like, I like to fall in love with the character early on. And so, showing a soft and vulnerable side is important when you're trying to show conflict with a character, because you can't all be hard-nosed rock star image 24 7 
So you've got to add dimensions to your character. And how can you do that? You can put them right in the middle of a scene that shows their vulnerability. You can start putting in hints of the reason why she might be the way she is. Um, and you can leave all of these clues. And so I've been doing a lot of that too with this character. Instead of just giving really heavy description, it's it's coming. It's going to build. Um, I've got... Uh, a response back a review of one of my books and it said okay you ended it so fast and come on give me more I need more at the end give me a book two already then if, if you're going to end it like this I need more I'm not satisfied you got to keep going <laughs> um and it's because I, I reached the climax of the plot development and went right to the resolution without a lot of falling action a lot of tying up because I knew I was going to have a series with that book. I knew Lyric was going to be a series. I already know a lot of the shadows of Lyric Harper, and that's coming in 2020. And so that was the review for that book. Um, and it was from a complete stranger. It wasn't anybody I knew. But I'm, you know, I'm thinking about the character alone. The question that you always have to ask is why? You know, why is this character doing this? And so in Lyric, for example, she made those quick decisions there at the end because it's snap, snap, snap. It's it's not with thought. It's with feeling. It's with intuition. Her gift, her magic, that fantasy world wasn't meant for it to be long and drawn out. It was meant to feel fast-paced and moving, moving because they were in the middle of chaos. And in chaos, it doesn't go slow. It goes 90 miles an hour. So that was the feeling that I wanted to evoke in the reader while they were reading it. And the same way with this book, she's back and forth with her character because that would be the way she would be in real life. So that's kind of that authentic building of a character and building that world around her so the reader can kind of feel that up and down emotion. So I want you to consider when you're working your characters and you're crafting them out, to really think about placing them in, if, if it's a fantasy world, of course, put them in that world and you build that world strong. But if you're writing contemporary fiction like I'm doing right now, so I'm just talking from this contemporary world view, really put her as a best friend, put her as an acquaintance, put her as a family member, put her as somebody that you know, a colleague, a, a, a classmate, a memory, uh, overhearing strangers, and put it all together. And build yourself an experience with your reader through this character development by always saying, well, why? Why? Well, why did you do that? Well, why? And if you can't answer why as the author, then you need to cut scenes. Then you need to cut dialogue. There's always got to be a why to everything that you do. Because character motivation is what drives your plot. And if you have weak motivation, it's not a believable character. But if you have a strong motivation or if you have a strong will, you know, a strong will to look at this character and say, okay, the reasons why they're doing these things, I'm giving you these little clues, I'm giving you some foreshadowing, you can start to build that. Oh, I get it now. I see why she won't do that endorsement. I understand why she doesn't want to go that way. She's honoring her dad, but it's hard to honor her dad, and that's why it's taking her so long. Um... And so, build your characters strong with the word why always in your mind. And so, go write why down in your journal. And every time you get stuck on a character, go back and look at that word. All right, have a good day, darling. Drive careful. Um, but always look back at that word.
No, I cut it off. And text me some things for the list for groceries because I'm going grocery shopping about four. Okay. All right. Bye. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So, um, go back to that word why always because that is the driving factor of your character. Now, I have some kind of do's and don'ts with characters now. Like, one, my character can't stay mad for long. Because, you know, they're not going to hold grudges um, with certain people. But then maybe they will with others. And then they might have issues with be- with having forgiveness. And so, it's funny how they can extend forgiveness for some people, but not others. Um, and so, that could possibly be a theme that could emerge. And so, your character, for example, I use that one as like your character... The way you're building your character is going to be lessons learned. And so you've got to open your character up to authentic experience, to authentic relationships. And if you don't have those, you're lacking in theme development. And so you see how your characterization drives your plot and drives the theme, and you can just keep circling and circling and circling? Like, you've got to think about all the things that your character is doing, and you may not see it even at first. You know what? You might even publish your book and then a review will come and you'll say, oh, wow, I didn't even look at my own book that way. I was just writing, just following the page. <laughs> oh, wow, that's deep. I didn't realize I got that deep. <laughs> Who knows? It might happen. But when you're editing, always consider those things. Always go back and look. The plot development, the theme, the motivations. How are you doing with this character? And so, you know, I'm not super, super descriptive about my characters. I'll let the cover speak for itself. I'll say some things every now and then. But I'll let the reader fill in a lot of the blanks there. I trust my readers. And I think when I first wrote, when I was early on in my career of writing and and trying out story, I felt like I had to give way too much, give over, overgive, like, no, that's not the way to do it. A character development is giving just enough and letting your reader fill in the rest. And so I've, I feel like I've, I've done better in that, and I'm, I can even see improvements in this book. I see improvements in Offbeat than from my boyfriend's back. I mean, and that was just in July. And so this is months going by. The more you write, the better you'll get, and the more you'll start to notice these things. And the more that you read the more you'll notice these things. And I'm talking about, I've been reading Children's Lit. We've been doing the Children's Book Club. And I'm still noticing things in my writing. It, good writing is good writing. It doesn't matter for what genre. It doesn't matter what author. It will help you as a writer developing characters. And so I will say, you know, thanks to the work of Kate DiCamillo. Thanks to the work of Roald Dahl. Now I'm going to be moving over to... E.B. White next week, one of my favorite children book authors of all time, Stuart Little and the Trumpet of the Swan, two of my favorite books ever. They're on my top 10 list, but I now get to go into them, not experiencing it as a reader, but as an author, and I'm going to be looking at these character development pieces. I'm always, I'm always approaching a book in a new way, and so now that I'm invested in these characters, I really want to peel away what makes the magic of characters, and I already know the question. The question is why? The question is why the answer is authenticity. Be intentional with your characters. 
do that, and it will matter. Make your characters matter, even your side characters. I really invest a lot of time in my side characters, too, and building them in because relationship building is key. You can't just take your MC and give them the spotlight 100% all the time. Life doesn't work that way, and neither should your book. It's about their relationships, their downfalls, their struggles, their hardships, who's around them to support them, to tear them down. And it's all about the people surrounding them too. So you've got to be mindful of those characters as well and how are you building them. So that's my tips today for character development. If you've got some great tips that you want to share, uh, you can record, voice memo it. You can record it and send it to me. Um, There's a voice app um, option here in Anchor. So if you're listening to me through the Anchor platform, you can definitely do that or you can just send me a recording and um, I'll go through it. And if it's appropriate for our, our audiences, you know, I'll play it. And guys, I'm telling you right now, your support is tremendous for me. I appreciate your emails. I got a book recommendation today through an email. Someone had grabbed a Kindle Unlimited and they know I've got Kindle Unlimited. They're like, you need to read this book. And I'm like, thank you so much. I would have never looked this book up. Um, And because of the Kindle Unlimited program that I'm in, I can read bunches of books, uh, well, for $9 a month, but, you know, for without having to pay the full price pieces, and I can um, up my game some. So I appreciate you guys. I love the emails, love reaching out. Um, Continue to stay in touch with me. We're continuing to grow here at Jen Lowry Writes, and I'm just praising God for that. And what's in store for 2020? Well, you get to meet my new characters. Um, If you want to meet my new characters now and you didn't get my newsletter today, that means you're not on my email list. You need to email me, get on my list, and you can actually meet my girl, Mary Oxendine. And I hope you love her as much as me. And I hope that you're, like, championing her and waiting and and hoping for the best for her like I am. And so let me get back to writing this girl because i got to see what happens next because I have no clue. And I love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine.
Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.